tonight on House of X Book Club, Rob interviews Roger. All right. Well, hey, Rog, how's it going? It's going pretty good, man. How are you doing? Good. I'm, I'm, you know, I'm stoked. I don't remember who, whose idea it was to, to, for the Quiet Council to interview each other, but I'm glad that they came up with it. I, I don't remember if it was you or Shane. Um, I believe but, it was Shane. Yeah, yeah, it wasn't my idea, but it's a good idea. I agree with yeah. it. Yeah, no, it was a great idea. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> so I, I've known you for a long time, and yeah. I, I know a lot about you. I know, you know, all the dark secrets. <laughs> well, some of the dark secrets. but Most there, of them. There was, yeah, most of them. But there was a, a time where we just weren't in contact with each other. You know, we, yeah. we kind of relocated and went in different directions. And, and but here we are back in touch. And yeah. I'm, I'm glad, man. Thanks to the wonders of the uh, promises of the 1990s Internet, we're finally doing this for real. That's right. <laughs> yeah. Well, that, so, was, that was the big thing, because when I moved from uh, Oakdale to the Bay Area, San Francisco Bay Area, uh, yeah, things were different. We didn't have social media. We didn't have the internet. Mm-hmm. It was that crappy dial-up. You know, there was nothing like what we're doing now. Now, and then so, of course you were able to come back and visit family, but I moved away to the north. Yeah, yeah. So, um, well, let's start this uh, this interview by telling people your name and what you do outside of reading comics and recording a podcast with your book club. Uh, my name is Roger. I'm 52. I live in the San Francisco Bay Area with my wife and my dog. Um, what I do outside of the book club is uh, work. I go hiking with my wife and my dog and sometimes friends. Um, we hang out on weekends, play games, occasionally go out to eat. Um, I have a minor interest in British archaeology and history because we did the 23andMe and Ancestry.com DNA stuff, and uh, turns out I'm mostly British. I didn't realize that. I, my family name is uh, Swedish, and I have very little Swedish DNA in me, apparently. Huh. I'm mostly British, or English specifically, Scottish, Irish, and a smattering of other things. So... Yeah, it was kind of a surprise when I found out that. And both DNA uh, testing companies pretty much mirror each other within a couple percentage points. So I have pretty pretty decent faith in what they came up with. Interesting. Yeah. Interesting. Well, are you at liberty to say what it is you, you do for a living? Yeah, I, um, I work for a local history nonprofit in the South Bay. And uh, I am facilities manager, which is a f- fancy way of saying kind of like the head handyman kind of guy, maintenance. Uh, I do maintenance, not specifically me so much because I don't really know that much about electricity and stuff. Um, over the years in my various jobs, I've had training and learned that if you don't know anything about electricity, be smart and leave it the hell alone. Because if you get shocked, it can like literally burn you from the inside out. And it's, it's, it's all math based and I'm terrible at math. And I was the universe telling me, don't be stupid. So it's, it's either I, that I, or, it's I either learned that early on to uh, talk to people who know what they're doing and yeah. let them do it. So I just kind of oversee things in my current job. Sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt that. that no worries. Ago, but it's either that or you become a Spider-Man supervillain. Yeah. 
you know, you know, maybe you have to burn your arm off and grow two more or something. I don't know. <laughs> um, so we, we know you love comics because you're here, but uh, yeah. what else do you like to read? Dude, I have a whole long answer written down for that, but I'll keep it short. Um, you know, I used to read a lot of Stephen King when I was a teenager. Um, I did a lot of, I, I actually liked a lot of his short story anthologies, like Four Past Midnight and a few others. It's been years since I've read anything of his. Um, so I don't know if he's still as good as he was, but uh, I always really liked Stephen King. He had a, a great way of very simply creating like an atmosphere and a mood, you know, just kind of painting a picture. Your, your mind, he gave you enough that your mind could fill it in. You know what I mean? And uh, yeah, totally. yeah, I always liked him. I was like, and through you, I got to know Neil Gaiman and some of his stuff. Again, mostly comic book oriented from what I've read. Although I do have one or two of his other books I want to, I want to read like his mythology book, but the Norse mythology. It's brilliant. But yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, so I, I feel like since you enjoy comics, people will assume that you're into the marvel movies and science fiction stuff like star wars and star trek but why yep. want you to tell me about a favorite movie that would surprise us on the opposite end of the spectrum i guess you'd have westerns although arguably star wars and star trek could be said to be westerns in space and that's how gene roddenberry sold star trek <clears throat> originally to uh, television producers and the network was by saying it was wagon train to the stars and when you think about it, that makes a lot of sense. So along that theme, I guess, would be the movie, Oh Brother, Where Art Thou? Which is not specifically a Western, but it's like 1925, 1930, set in the South. Um, it's basically a remake of the Odyssey. And mm -hmm. it's got a great cast. Um, George Clooney is in it along with a whole truckload of other very talented actors. It's got a great soundtrack, mm -hmm. which is mostly... Um, bluegrass oriented so yeah it's a great movie i recommend it to anybody brilliant movie absolutely yeah um so here's a question what what, what is your dream job and did you ever manage to land it short answer no i haven't um i don't really have a dream job um i suppose my dream would be I guess the lazy man's way out and to win the lottery and be able to just, you know, do everything that that would potentially allow. Not that I would want a 200 foot long yacht or a 30 car garage. I don't need anything like that, but you know, I mean, it's being a, being able to live comfortably and being able to help friends and family economically would be, would be a nice uh, way to live my life. Be a good thing and i would probably set up a nonprofit. assuming that i want enough millions to do all this i would want to build a a nonprofit up that would help fund other nonprofits through grants like uh, children's hospitals and you know animal hospitals things like that uh wounded veterans you know things like that so that would be my dream well given that answer i think you're either on par with a saint or the kingpin of crime. Um, 
uh, one one is analogous to the other, depending on how you look yeah, at it. Exactly. <laughs> so so let's get into the good stuff because yeah. people want to know about comics. Uh, um, uh, it, your top. I want to hear your top five comic book characters, and I want to know why. Man, that's a hard one. Uh, there's so many characters out there. My first one would probably be Batman. Um, what's not to like about Batman? He kicks everybody's ass. He doesn't give up. He's super smart. He's strong. He's the epitome of <clears throat> courage and, you know, moral certitude, I guess, although it's questionable morality, but still he believes he's right. Um, yeah, Batman would be one of them, I think. My next would be probably Wolverine for similar reasons, although he doesn't doesn't have the intelligence level that Batman has, obviously, but uh, he has that won't quit kind of attitude, partly because of his healing factor. He, you know, you can literally shoot him and set him on fire and he, he just gets angry and gets up and comes at you anyway, which is cool. I think Spider-Man will probably be my first. And the reason for that one is that was the first comic book I ever got was a Spider-Man comic. And I've always liked the character because of uh, his moral compass, I guess. And, you know, he's got these powers and he's always been uh, guided by the words of his, you know, deceased uncle, you know, the great power comes great responsibility. And that's something that I mean, I could go off on a 20 minute diatribe about that in our, our culture nowadays, but the sense of responsibility that comes with the ability to do the things he does means a lot when you, when you really look at it, um, he could very easily make a lot of money with his super strength and his inventions and whatnot, but he doesn't, he just goes out and tries to help people and make the world a better place. And, you know, that that's what keeps him going. My other two would be the Hulk, just because I've always liked the Hulk. I always thought he was a pretty cool character. You know, it's kind of childish. You get mad, you get big and strong and you break things, but you know, <laughs> who, who doesn't have those days where you just feel like smashing yourself on, um, the last one would probably be Superman again, because he's st smart and strong and, you know, again, strong moral compass, all that sense of responsibility. Nice. You know, yeah. um, when we were talking about doing this interview and I was letting you know, I'm going to send you some questions ahead of time. So you have time to think about them. And you're like, well, can I ask you these questions back? And I thought, oh, shit. Uh, I don't know if I have answers to any of these, um, but, but this was an interesting question because when, you know, I really wanted to know what you thought, what your top five were. And I thought, oh, oh shit, what are my top five? And it was a hard answer. It, it took yeah. me forever to come up with five of my top five favorite comic book characters. Yeah. that was, that was one of the questions I wanted to ask you. What were your top five? Just give me one. What would, what would be your Elijah Number Snow. One. Elijah Snow. Elijah Snow? Yeah. I don't well, know that okay. character. Of course. Uh, so let me start with this. If I were to, let me, I'll list them out real quick to you. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Magne Magneto's number one. Okay. Number two, Jonah Hex. Okay. Number three is Wolverine. Number four is Elijah Snow. And number five is Kitty Pride. 
and we won't go into all my reasons, but you want to know who Elijah Snow is. DC, yeah. When DC had Wildstorm, there was a series called Planetary, and Elijah Snow was the leader of Planetary, and he he had this power. I, I think they called it, they were like the mystery archaeologists. They would like solve weird, bizarre situations. Um, but Elijah Snow had the power to freeze things with his mind. And that wasn't just it. He was what's called uh, a century baby, meaning he was born at the beginning of the century and he'll go out with the end of the century. So he knows, and he stopped aging at some point, like he was 35 or 40 and he stopped aging. Okay. So he knew when he was going to die. Uh, you know, as soon as that big apple drops, he's out. Um, but his, his, he was calculative. He was intelligent. He was very grim and he smoked a lot and you knew that he had seen some shit and perpetrated some shit. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Right. So right. a very, very cool character. So if you, if you have never read Planetary Roger, it I have is not. a must. You okay. have to read it. It is. Okay. It is one of the best comic book series ever. Um, Who wrote I, it? Uh, written by Warren Ellis, maybe. Um, I'll look into I, it then. Yeah. Yeah. Please do. Um, and when you do, I want to talk about it. Yeah. And I was like, Roger's probably going to think I'm going to say the Sandman, but. Well, yeah, I would have thought that. Yes. Yeah. And where I, back in the day, was just totally enamored by Sandman and still am. If you look around my house, I mean, I have a skull with teeth in the eye socket, you know, on my bookshelf. So, <laughs> but, but the thing is, is, is the Sandman to me is just kind of, that's what he is. He is what he is. He's, he's dream. But Jonah Hex and Elijah Snow, these characters are so much more than a cowboy or a gunslinger and a guy who freezes things with his mind. I mean, Elijah Snow was attacked by Dracula. He froze him and then kicked his crotch out, shattered it into cubes of ice so that when Dracula thawed out, he was in a lot of pain <laughs> <laughs> at any rate. <laughs> so this is me interviewing you. So we'll, we'll move yeah. on. But I did want you to know that when you slung that to me, I was like, holy crap, I, this is a hard one. So I appreciate you putting the thought into it. Yeah, cool. Um, so I got this book club together because I wanted to share the experience of reading classic comic books through a modern lens with my best friends. What did you think when I first invited you to join? I didn't know what to think initially. Um <clears throat> I kind of waited for you to just give us a little more detail about it, I guess. Um, it sounded interesting and uh, I thought it, it could be fun. And I figured it's been a long time since I've read X-Men comic books. I don't know that I'd ever read the beginning books. I think maybe I read a few of them and got bored with them. Um, so yeah, I, I already had the Marvel Universe app on my iPad. And I thought, well, I've already got access to the books and everything else. Why not? Let's, let's do it. Um, the, the thing I like most about our book club is probably the social aspect of it really. Cause I know that, you know, we can't get together in person because we're all living in different areas, but um, it's kind of nice to just see everybody and check in once in a while and chat a little bit and laugh at the stupid things going on in the world and, you know, hang out for a bit. I almost, Kind of wish we would have done this a couple of years ago, back when uh, COVID was 
keeping everybody at home, I think it would have been a good thing to keep us yeah. all sane, but we all made it through anyway. So we're here. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, if you were putting together your very own X-Men team using a pool of the mutants that you know, or that you know of good guy or bad guy, doesn't matter who would they be and who would their field leader be? And for a little extra credit, what would you name the team? So the problem is I have not really read the X-Men in a long time. I'm not up to date on the new stuff, as you know, but I do remember reading X-Factor back in the day, back in the 90s, when Guido was on the team and Polaris and Havoc and a few other random characters. And I really liked the book at that time. Mm -hmm. And I really liked the team and the dynamics. I think that would be my base team. And I would just kind of like add to it. The big thing I was thinking about that is either Havoc, Havoc or Polaris that seemed like took turns leading the team at that time. I think it was mostly Havoc though. And it uh, he seemed to be a pretty good field leader, kind of like Scott, but not the uptight. Way better than Scott. Yeah, not the uptight, <laughs> controlling, manipulative nonsense. So I think he would he would still be my field leader, but Polaris is a pretty cool, strong character too i would i would think she's pretty awesome to have as a field leader but the the thing with my team is at that time not now so much because of the krakoa stuff going on but at that time the x-men were still kind of reacting to things mm -hmm. and uh they were just sort of like responding to things happening i think my team would be more like going around the world and setting up maybe secret bases and then looking for mutants that needed help, you know, like runaway kid mutants, hmm. you know, trying to deal with their powers. Cause you know, the, the thing is with the X-Men books, the one thing that's always bothered me is they all look normal. Mostly like 98% of the X characters look like normal humans. Yeah. Yeah. You got angel. He's got wings, but he doesn't have like a third eye in his forehead. He doesn't have green skin. He doesn't have fangs that drip acid. There's got to be, you know, in this in this sort of universe, there would be people like that. Like in the Ultimates universe, there was one story where a kid was, <clears throat> overnight, a kid develops his X, X gene powers, which is to release a toxic acidic gas. And he wakes up in the morning to find all his family are dead. Shit. And I thought, man, that's really crazy story idea because someone is actually pushing the boundary of what these characters are like what their powers are like and this kid was he was just asleep and this thing happened he wakes up the next day discovers all of his family are dead he doesn't know what's going on yada yada so things One. like that would happen in the real world so yeah my team One. would go assist with people like that that's cool that's cool yeah. One fart and the whole family's dead. Totally, man. man. Acidic, acidic methane farts. That'll just man. take everybody out. Well, that it reminds me a bit of uh, X Factor before they were going by the name X Factor. Yeah. Except, except they were kind of being manipulated by Cameron Hodge. But you remember mm -hmm. they were out there to like bring people in and and protect yeah. them. Um, yeah. And and right now in Marauders, Kitty Pride is kind of doing the same. She's got a ship where she and her little band of mutant mutant pirates go around rescuing mutants and that's really good i like your idea 
Cool. Um, are you are you curious about my team? You, you want to know who they would be? Yeah, actually, what would your team be? Because you know the characters a lot better than I do. You'd probably pull out some obscure character that died uh, in th after its third appearance or something. Well, uh, you know, that's funny. Um, <laughs> these these are all pretty, pretty well known and pretty old school characters. And I do know a lot of the newer characters, but I, I'm going with older ones. So I think Dazzler would be on my team. Mystique, okay. Wolverine, Nightcrawler. And as a cheat, not a mutant, but I'd have Juggernaut in there. And then I'd okay. have the team being led by Kitty Pride, who and we saw right away at the age of 14 in the X-Men comics was really good at leading a team because there was a time where Nightcrawler was the team leader and was doing shit. He couldn't actually handle it. And she was jumping in and telling people what to do. And she got stuff done. Yeah, but that would be cool. And now she's, you know, she's mature. She's. She's really good at what she does, um, but I think I think those characters together would be really great. And then I would call them something like the Expatriates or something silly like that, you know. Just that's or, cool. Yeah. So. Not not. Uh, I don't know. I I would maybe go with something that's not even an X-oriented mm -hmm. name, just like I don't know, the Saviors of Humanity or something that sounds like something other than what it really is. I know this sounds almost like. A white supremacist kind of thing but the the cool thing about that is that they wouldn't be yeah be kind of like under the radar like i was saying you could either be a saint or the kingpin of crime i told you <laughs> one in the same dude like obi-wan no. said everything matters on your point of view uh-huh very good <laughs> very good <laughs> going going off of your current knowledge of the x-men universe uh, which X-Men character do you feel most resembles you? And I don't just mean physically, but, uh, you know, who do you feel closest to or who do you feel is like that? that that's kind of like me. I don't know that there is one. I mean, honestly, for a while, I, I kind of felt like Doug, Doug Ramsey, maybe, just because he was always kind of like, he didn't have a really useful field power. He was always just kind of like trying to decipher computer code and things like that. Not that I'm good at anything like that, but I just have that, I don't know, I always kind of had, had that antisocial, insecure feeling with, with things like he always was. Um, other than that, I don't know of any, because I don't know the characters that well, to be honest with you. If I could be one of them, mm -hmm. I mean, the obvious, you know, everyone wants to be Wolverine just because he's cool and he can, you know, take a smack down, get up and give it back to whoever i always thought nightcrawler was pretty cool his ability to teleport mm -hmm. you know this it seems like there's a lot of uh at least when i was reading it was a lot of untouched potential in that you know i mean obviously he can teleport one or two other people but if there's a group of like 10 people holding hands can he teleport them all you know i don't know parts of them <laughs> parts of them yeah no. well you know <laughs> You do your best. What am I holding? What is this exact? That's part of Jim. What part? I have no idea. <laughs> the inside. <laughs> is this a spleen? Can anybody tell me what a spleen looks like? Yeah, seriously. <laughs> so this is kind of on par with, are you an Elvis man or a Beatles man? But what do you groove on the most? The art or the story? Dude, for me, it's it's always been about the art. I've, I've always been drawn to drawn to visual arts um, 
I studied art in college. I took like, I've taken like five art history classes. Um, don't ask me how much of it I remember now, but um, it's always, it's always been the art above anything and everything. The reason I got my first comic book was uh, my dad had taken my brother and I to a book, a local used bookstore in town, and they had a little spinner rack that had comics on it. I was like 12 or 13, and there was a, a probably web of Spider-Man issue on it. And it was, I don't remember what issue it was, but there was a green monster on the cover. And Spider-Man was like up on the wall. And it was actually reminded me a lot of that early Fantastic Four cover where that creature's coming out of the ground and they're all attacking you. This, this green monster was coming up like out of the ground. Same sort of thing. And Spider-Man was like fighting him. He was up on the wall. And I just, for some reason, thought it looked cool. So I asked my dad to buy it and he did. And it was, you know, just a typical like 70s, early 80s comic book. It was fun. It was, it was neat. And I didn't come back to comic books again until... I think you and Shane introduced me in high school back in what, 88, 89, somewhere in there. And you were the first one, I'm pretty sure, to hand me an X-Men comic and say, hey, check this out. Mm-hmm. And so that's how I got into that. And I, I, I don't know that it was the art in that that drew me into it. It may have just been the weird characters and situation. But when I really started reading it and getting into it, I really liked the concept of it, you know, the super team of mostly young people with these powers that could, you know, do all kinds of crazy things. And it was somewhat, somewhat sort of kind of scientific in that they had this X gene. So it wasn't just like gamma rays, you know, that would normally yeah. like melt somebody <laughs> when they're near a bomb blast going off. But, you know, people born with these amazing abilities this seemed really cool and i i dug it um this is a a bit of a follow-up question concerning the art um now myself i've always been a story guy but the x-men were uh always they they were all well i don't say always because we're reading like 1960s x-men and the story's a little bit lacking in there yeah but but, you know from like the 80s on and even from the 70s on heavy in story character development i mean it's basically a soap opera but the artwork they've always had like sharp artists you know the the hottest newest thing um whether you know whether it's art adams for a story arc or it's uh mark silvestri for this or that or you know, even uh, even a filler issue by Rob Liefeld, or you know what I mean. Oh yeah, it's always it's always sharp artwork. But but I've always been a story guy, and that's why I handed you that X Men book. So well, you know, oh, go ahead. You, it makes sense that you're more into story because you're more of a writer, whereas mm-hmm. I I come from more of a an art interest. Um, and I was you know I was thinking about this art over story, story over art, and it just kind of depends. I mean. You can have a really crap story, but if the artist is good enough, you can kind of embellish it with good art. You know what I mean? Yeah. There can be subtle context. At the same time, it could be art that you're not really into, but the story yeah. makes it. But if the story is good, that that keeps it going. And I think yeah. I've seen examples of both of those. Like a lot of the what if books, some of them had pretty decent art, but the stories were pretty weak and vice versa. 
you know? Mm-hmm. So, yeah. So to go along with that, how does that explain your, your, your love for guardians of the galaxy from the 1980s? why because it had neither art or story yeah (laughs) uh i don't know man i I think it was the science fiction aspect of it because people don't realize the original guardians of the galaxy was nothing like the movies at all right Right. not even the same team oh no well i mean they had except for yondu yeah yeah but that was it (laughs) It was, yeah, it was, it was really strange. It was actually a lot, now that I think about it, it was very Kirby-esque style character design because the characters tended to be a little more squat and square looking. There was one character who looked, I can't remember his name now, but he looked kind of like Charlie, Charlie 13, maybe. Yeah. Something like that. And he was really short and squat and very square. And he was like the tough guy, kind of like a puck, you know? So I don't know, dude. I, 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 you called me out on that one. I, I, I can't explain it. I don't know. Okay. You've grown <laughs> since then. Um, yeah. Yeah, I have. Yeah. Um, well, I was experimenting. I was young. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you read Guardians of the Galaxy once and you become the Guardians of the Galaxy guy. Good guy. Yeah. Um, I've <laughs> never gone back to it and wouldn't. I can tell you that. Yeah. Well, so, so here's some questions. Here's a question about the book club itself. Yeah. You've already talked a little bit about it, but go ahead and tell me what you like again and, and with a little more depth, what you like most about the book club. Well, I mean, uh, through the book club, I've, you know, we've met Drew uh-huh. and um, we've gotten to talk to John who, you know, you and, and I and Shane knew from our video store days back in the, Mm-hmm. what 1989 1990 somewhere in there yeah. um john was a kid now he's all grown up he's got his own life going on it's kind of nice to catch up with people like i said the social aspect so it's cool to see him you know these what 30 years later yeah. 30 30 some odd years later which yeah. is really difficult to say um <laughs> so much time has gone past it's crazy i you know i don't know the book club thing is is uh I don't know. It's like a creative outlet. I think for all of us, it's just kind of fun to do. Cool. Yeah. Well, I'm glad, I'm glad you're here and I'm glad you're having a good time. Thank you. Yeah. It's good um, to be here. Is there, yeah. Thanks. Nice. Is there anything you would change from any of the iconic X-Men story arcs that you've read? Um, you know, such as like the brood saga or Inferno or age of apocalypse, dark Phoenix saga. Anything in there that you remember being like, oh no, if I, if I could write this, I would do this different. So I was thinking about that one. That's a tough one. Um, first off, I'll say this, those story arcs were mostly done before there was the massive crossover stuff happening Mm -hmm. like they do now. Right. So what I would, and this probably applies more to the current crossover type stuff, but I would go back to more towards what they used to do and focus on shorter story arcs, like, you know, the brood saga or any, what, what are any of those really the the crossovers. Now, the ones that I've seen, like uh, age of apocalypse took quite a few issues. Yeah. And uh, there was a lot of filler material. 
And um, I liked the idea of Age of Apocalypse, but I felt like it fell short on quite a few things. The art in it wasn't really not that great. Um, some of the car the characters look very cartoonish, and some of uh, some of the stuff just I I kind of felt like there were things they could have done because they mm -hmm. they flipped the script on some of the characters. Like Scott Summers was suddenly a uh, um, he was working for Apocalypse. He was one of his guardsmen or whatever you want to call him. Yeah, I don't think he was a horseman per se, but. You know, servant to the power kind of guy. And I just felt like they could have really pushed that and gone somewhere with it. Now, on the flip side, they that's where the the whole dark beast idea came from. Uh-huh. And they really kind of like branched out into the multiverse with that one. They've really kind of taken that over. And I think that was a uh, a, a good idea seed that came from that. Um it that's for sure. Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> it's been a long time since I've read most of those. Nice. Madeline Pryor, that was a neat character. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. That was uh, that's one of my things is if if I could change that issue. I really like Maddie Pryor and I was okay with making her a bad guy, like making her the goblin queen, you know. Yeah, uh, the whole inferno thing. Um but I kind of wanted her and Cyclops to get back together. You know, I, I got tired of the whole Gene and Scott romance. And when Gene Gray was supposed to be dead, I was like, cool, you can leave her dead. He's got this wife. He's got this kid. You yeah. know, but instead they brought her back and then he runs off and leaves his wife and kids. Yeah. So I, I really think they could have found another way to make her a bad guy. But but after it was all over, redeem her and have Madeline Pryor just be like, you know, the Jean Grey clone that Scott's married to, you know. <laughs> well, they, that cool. they could have done something with her kind of redeemer, but not completely. Mm -hmm. It would have been nice to have a more edgy anti-hero character like Wolverine, you know, within the ranks of the X-Men. I think that, that would have been a good. Now for one super personal question. I want to know what you remember about when you and I met. Did you know my memory is not the greatest? Um, <laughs> so I was sitting under a tree mm -hmm. at, uh, at the high school and uh, for some reason you came over <laughs> I don't know why dude but you did you came over and you like just started chatting it up with me and you were mm -hmm. like hey come on over and hang out with us and I knew some of the people in your group not everyone, yeah. but um, yeah, I just came over and kind of hung out and it that's, just morphed that's, from there. Yeah, that's pretty good. I, I got to say, I remember it like it was yesterday. Do you? Yeah, like it was yesterday. I remember See, I, what I, you... I've spent a lot of time trying to forget those days. <laughs> well, I forgot a lot of what happened, but that yeah. for some reason sticks sticks with me. So you were sitting on the bench under the tree. Yeah. And you had on this like ginormous gray coat. I did the puffy jacket. And it was so puffy. And I walked over to you and I'm like, and I, I remember you from like eighth grade. I remember seeing you at the, 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 you know, junior high at junior high school, but never really talked to you. And so I walked over to you and I said, Hey, Rudge, how are you? And you're like, yeah, good, good. And I'm like, you know what? You and I are going to be friends. And you're like, what? 
And then I, I noticed that big puffy coat and I punched the puffiness right out of that coat. And I'm like, you did right, man. Yeah. <laughs> You're going to, we're going to be friends or I'm going to punch you. <laughs> punch you, man. <laughs> and I said, come on, come hang out with us. And so you did. Cause I, and I had noticed that you were always sitting there by yourself and I'm like, yeah. oh, shit, that guy over there, that guy's got no friends or he, you know, he prefers to be by himself or whatever. I'm like, He's planning world dominance one of those yeah i was afraid you were like gonna you know (laughs) (laughs) turn all kingpin of crime on us Um, (laughs) but but that is that yeah your memory is pretty good i and i'll be honest i really thought that i had um hallucinated all that stuff because i read i do remember that very well and there's a lot i don't remember from those days so yeah well, um, there's not much from those days that's worth remembering, to be honest. This, this might be true. This might yeah. be true. Well, to roll this interview to a close, I want you to basically tell everybody why they should be listening to the House of X Book Club, a podcast recording of a book club put together by a ragtag bunch of comic book nerds. Well, I mean, if you're into X Men comic books, that's the most obvious aspect of things. If you hate stan lee even though i don't (laughs) despite the recent documentary that was put out and our discussion about that uh you might want to listen in because we do rag on stan lee quite a bit we still love him we we still love him him. well i mean you know you have to see the good and the bad right we're a little otherwise we yeah we don't hate him rose-colored glasses and all that no i i mean uh I think the the book club is fun and we have a good time with it and we enjoy it. And I think that come, comes across pretty well. We don't have the formalities that other podcasts do. And I think that's a good thing because it gives us more, more freedom, you know? Yeah. It's just kind of organic. It's just kind of happening and developing and we'll see where this freight train heads to. Yeah. Hopefully well, it doesn't yeah. crash and fall off a bridge. I can tell you we're only headed to good to good writing and great art, you know. <laughs> That's let's hope so, man. I think you know the, the cool thing about our group is that uh everyone everyone sees things a little differently. Right. And everyone pitches in things that are kind of different. That's you know, that's one thing I was gonna tell you about the book club that I enjoy is like everyone gets something different out of the same issue, comic issue of X-Men. So like I'll see something but I don't remember to say something about it, but Shane will, or Drew will point out something that I missed or, or Rowan will say something. Oh, and panel three on page seven. And it's like something that I just glossed over or whatever, but we all kind of contribute something different about it in the world. So it's really cool that we're all getting these multiple viewpoints on, on the same material, you know? And again, it's funny to go back and look at this stuff that's like literally 60 years old now and see yeah. it from this perspective. It's hard to keep all that in in perspective of the context of time. And I think that's maybe something we should consider maybe a little bit more often, but there is a certain amount of, you know, hyperbole that's been spewed over the decades about, you know, from Stanley about his creations and, you know, what the X-Men stood for and everything else. At the end of the day, he was just trying to sell a book and make money for his mm-hmm. uncle. 
you know, it wasn't yeah, anything. Yeah. It wasn't anything grandiose. He can sit there and say, well, it was about equal rights and this and that and whatever. And I'm like, dude, come on. Sure. Maybe after the fact you can, you can make those parallels. And I think that's fair, but you were just trying to sell a book. Keep, keep yourself employed. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> Sure. And so, then you can't blame the guy. You can't blame the guy. No, um, no, not at all. Well, that's it, Raj. I want to thank you so much for doing the interview. It was a lot of fun. And yeah. I hope people listen to this and get something out of it. Um, I don't know that, again, I don't know that people are interested in hearing about us. But I think that we've definitely had some interesting things to say. And I and I think you specifically, I could probably talk to you about this for hours and hours. Well, thanks, Raj. And we'll talk to you soon. All right. Thanks for having me. I appreciate it. Bye-bye. Bye. -bye. Bye.